you are going to follow the lesson in your English Bible, but I am going to read it in French. Le peuple qui marchait dans les ténèbres voit une grande lumière sur ceux qui habitaient le pays de l'ombre de la mort, une lumière resplendit. Tu rends le peuple nombreux, tu lui accordes de grandes joies. Il se réjouit dans tout comme on se réjouit à la moisson, comme on pousse des cris d'allégresse au partage du butin. Car le jour qui pesait sur lui, le bâton qui frappait son doigt, la verge de celui qui l'apprimait, tous les brises, comme à la journée du médium. Car toute chaussure qu'on porte dans la mêlée et tout vêtement guerrier roulé dans le sang seront livrés aux flammes pour être dévorés par le feu. Car un enfant nous est né, un fils nous est donné, et la domination reposera sur son épaule. On l'appellera admirable, conseiller, Dieu puissant, Père éternel, Prince de paix. Donnez à l'empire de l'accroissement une paix sans fin au trône de David et à son royaume, l'affermir et le soutenir par le droit et par la justice. Dès maintenant et à toujours, voilà ce que fera le zèle de l'Éternel des armées. Celui est le mot du Seigneur. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Those words from Isaiah, unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. We are going to sing. Uh, So would you uh, stand together uh, and the words will appear on the screen. Yes? Yes. (laughs) Uh, Well, welcome. Right. It's my job to um, give, uh, well, to ask a few interview questions. So thank you very much for agreeing to be interviewed. And my first question is, uh, what are your names? Where are you from, and how long have you both been in Manchester? My name is Tarisiro Fundira. I am from Zimbabwe, and I am in my third year um, at university at the University of Manchester. Thanks, Grace. Easy question to start with. I can get these ones, I think. Um, So my name is Rob Lancaster. Um, I've lived in Manchester about 20 years, so I guess I'm from Manchester, really. Um, Grew up in Sheffield, if that counts. And um, the other question, which I've forgotten, was... Okay, bonus, bonus points. <laughs> Fantastic, thank you. Uh, okay, and uh, today we're looking at some of the names of Jesus. Um, now, my name did used to cause me a lot of strife because uh, I, my name's Grace, and uh, I'm not that amazing. But at school, whenever Amazing Grace was on, it would always be people poking me and making fun of me. So I've kind of got a love-hate relationship with my name, but Terry... Uh, your name also means something and has had an impact on you. So can you just tell us about that? 
So my name, uh, Tari Siro, uh, means expectations. And in Zimbabwe, most children are, are named after a specific situation. And so basically, um, for five years when my parents were married, my mom would um, have uh, countless miscarriages. And then when I was born or when she was pregnant with me, she, she named me um, Expectation or Tari Siro because it was what they'd hoped for. But then um, after that, when I was born and I was told that, uh, this was the meaning of my name, like the way someone would, would be called Joy, every time um, my name was said, it was like expectation, expectation, expectation. And so over the course of my life, I felt like there was this weighty reality. I had to live up to this um, expectation I had to, rea- I had to live up to. And it was, um, over the years, it was quite um, difficult academically, socially, and even in regard to sport. I thought there was something I had to live up to until um, I found Jesus at the age of 16. And I realized that um, he had done everything and everything was, I guess, expected from him and not from me. Oh, thank you. Thank you, Terry. Um, okay, and Rob, I'm not going to ask you about your name because I don't think Rob's that an interesting name, but um, <laughs> sorry. Um, but I am going to ask you about the name of Jesus. So, yeah, what does the name of Jesus mean to you? Thanks, Grace. Well, I, I guess if I can just say this, you know, we, we think at this time of year about lots of names that Jesus is given, don't we? Um, we heard some of them read um, in the reading from Isaiah, but I guess the one for me which really um, uh, mean, means a lot to me is Jesus talks of himself as the light of the world. Um, I think we, we read in that passage about a light is dawned, a light is coming. Um, and sometimes, um, you know, light is such a, a, a clear, strong image, isn't it? You know, um, we all want light. You know, we, we aspire to light. We need it for life. And light helps us to see clearly. It helps guide us. Uh, and these are all things which are true of Jesus as well. And that's, you know, that's a name which, when I think of the light of the world, that is um, such a strong image that really helps me to understand, um, I think, who Jesus is and some aspect of, of Jesus' character. Um, now, you might be wondering why I have Rob and Tarry up. And the reason is that a few weeks ago, I met with Tarry. Um, and we had a really interesting chat. And uh, one of the things that Tarry said to me was, that he had adoptive parents, Rob and Lydia. And I was like, oh, interesting. Not that much of an age difference. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I wanted, I want to ask you about that. But um, the reason is that uh, we're looking today at the names of Jesus and one of those names, Emmanuel, God with us. And I love that. It's not just God with me, it's God with us. And that when we choose to follow Jesus, we become part of his family and his family worldwide. So, yeah, I want to ask you, how did it happen that Rob became your adoptive dad? Uh, well, in my first year in 2017, uh, sitting in our SBS tables, we had uh, options to be adopted uh, by certain members uh, in, the, in the church uh, because um, SBS is quite a, a big pool of students, so they wanted to integrate us more with the other uh, part of the congregation. I signed my name up, and then... I had a new dad. (laughs) Awesome. So, yeah, brilliant. Okay, so I have a final question uh, for you both. I will will ask Rob first. How has having Tarry in your life as an adoptive son blessed you? So I guess there's there's kind of two aspects to it. One is, um, 
it's always a privilege, isn't it, to kind of meet with our brothers and sisters from um, who've got different experiences, maybe who grew up in different places, um, hear their stories, their testimonies, and like this morning, it's, I think it's a bit like a glimpse of heaven, isn't it, to see people from, you know, many different nations worshipping together. Um, so, yeah, you know, Sheffield and Zimbabwe, we had sort of different experiences, I guess, growing up. Um, but I think more specifically for Tari, um, you know, he... We've been reading in um, in Paul's letter to the Thessalonians this year in house groups about church family um, challenging each other and encouraging each other. And I think the way that Tarry lives his life um, and the time that he commits to serving us here in the church, the young people, students, etc., is a challenge to me. Um, and, you know, it's been a real blessing and encouragement to me to see that in you as well. Um, so, uh, yeah, it's been very much uh, a learning for me as well to have time with you, Tarry, as well. And uh, Tari, the same question to you. How has being part of Rob's family uh, been a blessing to you? Um, I I think for me personally, being an international student, coming to a place where I've never uh, had the clocks change, I've never um, had mince pies, never had all these different um, experiences, it was as if um, I was still somewhat uh, in Zimbabwe when I was um, with Rob, because in our language, we don't have um, a name for uncles, cousins, everybody's either brother, sister, mother, or father. And so because um, Rob was my adopted father, I could, I guess, see him as somewhat of a father. And in that, especially being an international student who's 19 hours away from home by by flight, it was helpful to have a family um, there to um, not just support me, but also just to have a relationship with me and just to, to see if I was okay, to see how things were going, and also to speak into my life, and especially uh, both... Um, Lydia and Rob being so godly, it was really, really helpful for them to, yeah, just speak uh, into my life, especially when I was going through um, some, some tough times. Um, so, yeah. Thank you. Right, thank you both very much. Sorry, <laughs> I didn't bring up my uh, order of service. So now we have our Indonesian friends coming to um, sing a, a song and then a Bible reading. Yeah, thank you. The community of Indonesians that are coming up here were not only from Manchester. Uh, some came down from uh, Rolls-Royce plant in Skipton, but uh, here all are Indonesians. Uh, if you put Indonesia from la- uh, uh, west to east, you can put it from London to Tehran. And today we're going to sing one of the in one of the 230 languages in Indonesia. They have different scripts as well. So this is from my wife's language, Javanese. So I don't speak with my father-in-law in Javanese. We speak in Indonesian. But I speak with my wife in the language of love, naturally. <laughs> we toss a coin because we have five different languages in here. So this is Javanese. The reading is from Matthew chapter 1, verses, 20, verses 18 to 25. This can be found on page 965 in the Red Bibles, and I will read Indonesian translations. Kelahiran Yesus Kristus adalah seperti berikut. Pada waktu Maria, ibunya bertunangan dengan Yusuf, ternyata ia mengandung dari roh kudus sebelum mereka hidup sebagai suami istri. Karena Yusuf suaminya seorang yang tulus hati 
dan tidak mau mencemarkan nama istrinya di muka umum, ia bermaksud menceraikannya dengan diam-diam. Tetapi ketika ia mempertimbangkan maksud itu, malaikat Tuhan nampak kepadanya dalam mimpi dan berkata, Yusuf anak Daud, janganlah engkau takut mengambil Maria sebagai istrimu, sebab anak yang di dalam kandungannya adalah dari roh kudus. Ia akan melahirkan anak laki-laki, dan engkau akan menamakan dia Yesus, karena dialah yang akan menyelamatkan umatnya dari dosa mereka. Hal itu terjadi supaya genaplah yang difirmankan Tuhan oleh Nabi. Sesungguhnya anak darah itu akan mengandung dan melahirkan seorang anak laki-laki, dan mereka akan menamakan dia Immanuel, yang berarti Allah menyertai kita. Sesudah bangun dari tidurnya, Yusuf berbuat seperti yang diperintahkan malaikat Tuhan itu kepadanya. Ia mengambil Maria sebagai istrinya, tetapi tidak bersetubuh dengan dia sampai ia melahirkan anaknya laki-laki dan Yusuf menamakan dia Yesus. I'm afraid I can only speak one language, so we'll stick with English uh, for the next few minutes. Uh, We've heard uh, Tari's name and what it means. I thought I would tell you uh, my name and uh, what it means. Uh, I didn't know what my name meant, uh, but a few years ago I tried to find out. And so uh, I had a look on the internet, and it told me that Richard, uh, my first name, means strong ruler. And I liked that. (laughs) And so I thought I'd keep going. Uh, My middle name is Benjamin. And Benjamin means favored son. And I liked that. (laughs) So I thought I would keep going. Uh, My last name is Criddle. 
And according to the internet, criddle means someone who makes sieves. <laughs> which I found disappointing. Uh, a, a sieve like you use in the kitchen. Uh, this is ours. I don't know if you can see, uh, it's broken. I, I broke it a couple of weeks ago. And I tried to mend it, but I can't. So I, I can't do what my name says. Anyway, uh, that's uh, my name, uh, which we can get rid of. Because what we're more interested in this morning is we're interested in Jesus' name. Hello. In the reading that we just had we hear two names for the baby who was going to be born. At Christmas, Christians celebrate that Jesus was born. And here we hear two names that Jesus will have. And they help us understand who he is and what he will do. But before we get to those names, we meet Joseph. Now, we don't get told what his name means, but Joseph is concerned with his name, with his reputation, with what people will think of him, with his face. Let's hear about Joseph. This is how the birth of Jesus the Messiah came about. His mother, Mary, was pledged to be married to Joseph. But before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. In those days, in that culture, for her to be pregnant when she wasn't married would be a huge scandal. Very soon, everyone in the town would be talking about it. And so Joseph has a choice to make. What will Joseph do? Now, we know that she was pregnant through the Holy Spirit, but Joseph didn't know that. Joseph just knew she was pregnant. He thought she'd been unfaithful to him. He has a choice to make. And we'll see what he chooses to do. He tries to save her from sin. Now, she hadn't really sinned, but Joseph didn't know that. Joseph thought she had sinned, and Joseph tries to save her from sin. Here's how the story goes. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law, and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. He doesn't want Mary to be disgraced publicly. He doesn't want her to be shamed. He wants to save her from that. He wants to save her from sin. What he thinks is her sin. He wants to save her. But think what would happen if Joseph divorces her quietly what are people going to start thinking or saying? 
because people won't know what's happened. I think people would start saying, do you know what Joseph's done? He got Mary pregnant and now he's abandoned her. You see, because Joseph could choose to tell everyone what he thinks has happened. He could call everyone together and say, this is nothing to do with me. She has shamed herself and she's shamed me and I want nothing to do with her. He could tell everyone what's happened, but then she would be disgraced. Instead, he chooses to divorce her quietly. He chooses that he will be shamed so that she doesn't need to be disgraced. People will start talking about him and what they think he's done, and he will be in shame. Joseph tries to take the shame from Mary to save her from her sin. Joseph can't do that completely. Even if his plan works, there will still be some shame for Mary. But he's trying to save her from sin, from shame, by letting people shame him instead. Now today, lots of people still try to save themselves from sin. We might try to save ourselves from sin. When we do things that are wrong, that are shameful, we might try to justify them ourselves, to say it wasn't really that bad. We might try to blame someone else. They made me do it. We might try to just say, well, someone else is worse, so I'm all right. We might try to find uh, someone else to save us from our sin. If someone else says that I'm all right, well, then it's fine. Or maybe we try and hide and cover things up so that no one will know. We try to save ourselves from our sin. We try to get other people to save us by saying we're all right. But it never really works. Just like Joseph couldn't completely save Mary, there would still be shame for her. We can't completely save ourselves. We can't get rid of our sin. We can't get rid of our shame. Not completely. But here we hear about someone who can. This is the first name of Jesus that we hear. After Joseph had considered this, An angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. Now Joseph finds out. The angel says, she will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. The name Jesus, it doesn't mean someone who makes sieves. The name Jesus 
means someone who saves. We are told he will save his people from their sins. Joseph tried to save Mary from sin, but he couldn't. We try to save ourselves from sin, but we can't. Jesus will save his people from their sins. How will he do it? Well, to find that out, we need to know his other name, which we'll see in a few minutes. At first, uh, we get Tarry is going to come back and read for us a poem which he has written about this story. The Christmas Story. Mary, a Nazarene around the age of 15 and due to be married to a Galilean, Joseph, had an angelic meeting. Greetings, you who is favored of the one who is seated. You will bear a son of the Most High. And before you say, lie, I'm still a virgin, the Holy Spirit will deal with the conception inside. But the concept is wild. Mary had to decide, do I believe what's been said or do I shake my head and deny. After short contemplation, Mary opens her mouth. I accept what you're saying, and I choose not to doubt. But at the same time, Joseph hears of this and gives her the blame. And just being a man, he doesn't want to publicly put her to shame. He doesn't want to divorce and publicly put her to shame. You can imagine his frame, broken and angry. How can she be pregnant by the Spirit? Does she think this is all a game? And at the same time, an angel met with Joseph and began to explain, Joseph, don't be afraid. Take Mary as your wife. She'll bear a son called Jesus and he's come to give life. Her pregnancy is exceptional, even though you thought she lied. Her pregnancy is due to the Holy Spirit's conception inside. But the concept is wild. Joseph had to decide, do I believe what's been said or do I shake my head and deny And after short contemplation, Joseph opens his mouth. I accept what you're saying and I choose not to doubt. I I know none of you have never seen God before and some will leave it to mystery. And I've never seen God either, but I think a better question to ask is, has he appeared in history? Over 2,000 years ago, a baby was born. 100% God, but human was his form. His name was Jesus, and he's alive today because he rose from the dead. And this all started with the Holy Spirit's conception inside. But the concept is wild. Do we believe what's been said, or do we shake our head and deny? You see, Christmas is a time which piques our deepest desires, most notably our desire to be fully loved and fully known by our friends and family. And Jesus fulfills this desire as he reconstructs a no-name virgin's life, dignifying her in the details of her mundane life, blessing her beyond measure with the treasure in Jesus Christ. And he can do the same to you. So what do you do when Christmas piques your deepest desires? Do you believe what's been said and make room for Jesus? Or do you shake your head and deny that there's any room in the inn?
Thanks very much, uh, Tari. Before uh, Richard comes back, uh, we're going to sing a song. Uh, it might be new to some of you, uh, but I think you'll pick it up quickly. You were the word at the beginning. Let's uh, stand and sing. What a beautiful name it is. Uh, let's stand together. The baby is called Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. But how? But how? Well, for that, we need our second name. The story goes on. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. There we have it. Emmanuel, which means God with us. How will Jesus save us from sin? By being God with us. What the Bible says is that Jesus, the baby who was born 2,000 years ago, who was laid in a manger, that baby is God with us. The Bible says that God has come in Jesus and has walked on our path and has lived our life. The Bible says that God has been a baby, that God has dribbled and God has burped and God has sicked up his milk and that God has been a toddler who's had to learn how to walk and how to talk that God has been a teenager and has known uh, rushing hormones and has known uh, growth spurts and having a spotty face and smelly armpits, that God has known the fun of feasts and parties and the frustration of not being understood, has known the joy of the sun on his face and the sting of a friend's betrayal. Jesus is God with us. And so everything that Jesus experienced, all of human life, God has known. God has endured sleepless nights and struggled to make ends meet and wept at the grave of a friend. Has felt butterflies in his tummy and his hair stand on end and his heart skip a beat. All of human life. Jesus has experienced, and Jesus is God with us. In Jesus, God has walked our path and lived our life. And I think especially here in Matthew, we're meant to see that Jesus, that God in Jesus, has experienced our shame God could have chosen to be born into any family. He could have been born into a powerful, honourable, wealthy family. But he chose this family. He could have chosen to be born a few years later, when Joseph and Mary were married and there would be no shame. But he chose to be born to this family at this time. 
when Jesus was an adult, some, some people who didn't like him said, we aren't illegitimate children. What they meant was, you are. All his life, Jesus lived with the shame of this scandal of his birth. Jesus has walked our path and lived our life. He has experienced shame. The end of his life was a death on a cross. It was a death for criminals. He was hung on the cross in weakness and shame. He was naked. People were spitting at him. People were laughing at him. When God came to live with us, when God with us came, he chose to come in shame. He chose to walk our path and live our life even in the shame of it. Why? Because like Joseph... He wanted to save people from sin. Joseph could have chosen to shame Mary, to to protect himself from shame. But he said, I will take shame to save Mary. Jesus came and said, I will take shame. He came and said, I will walk your path and live your life And the shame that we know and feel he knew and felt and experienced. He was shamed by many to save his people from sin. Because he walked our path, we can walk his path. We can walk his, live his life. Jesus comes to save his people, to give honour, to give his life, to give his place in heaven. Jesus came to be with us so we can be with him, without sin, without shame. That we can be with him and saved from sin. Joseph tried to save Mary from sin, but he couldn't. We try to save ourselves from sin. And we might feel like we're managing a little bit for a little while, but we can't really. We can't change ourselves We keep doing the same things. We can't hide and cover up everything. People always find out. But Jesus will save us from sin. He takes shame so we don't have to. He changes us so we can live differently. And he says, I came to be with you. So one day you can come and be with me in heaven. Changed so there's no more sin. All of it taken away, given to Jesus instead. 
That's why at Christmas, Christians celebrate that Jesus was born. Because he is God with us. And so he can save us from our sin, which we never could. Should we pray uh, together? Our Father, we thank you for giving us Jesus. Thank you that he came to be God with us and to save us from sin. For some of us have known those things for many years. Please help us again by your Holy Spirit to enjoy them, to rejoice, to celebrate that you have given us Jesus. Some of us have never heard these things before and don't know anything of Jesus or why he came. Please, by your Holy Spirit, help us to understand, to see Jesus and to enjoy and to celebrate him. Amen.